Melissa, what is the shitty first draft? Wait, can I can I say that? Do I have to mark mark this as explicit now on iTunes? Oh. <laughs> I'm such a literal person. Sometimes I don't know you're teasing me. <laughs> where does where does that come from? Where does no not the literalness? Yes, the shitty first draft. Yeah, where does that come from? Okay, that comes from the work of Brene Brown in Rising Strong. She oh. talks about the shitty first draft. It's, okay. It's what's written after a really hard struggle or a fall. And it comes from Anne Lamott's work. Like she says, you just have to start somewhere. When you're oh, writing, you gotcha. just have to start somewhere. Start with a first draft. It'll be shitty. So it's It'll the shitty there. first draft. Okay. So yep. we're going to talk about that today. Yes. How to use that in your personal life, in your family life, on your team and your organization. Right. Can we call it something different? Because again, I don't know if I have to like mark this explicit or not. Sure. Why don't we call call it it the SFD? The SFD it is. All right. (laughs) Sounds good. You are listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. Hello, everyone. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and sitting across the table for me is... Melissa Hyatt. And who are you? Who am I? Who are you? I'm a senior consultant with Leadership Vision Consulting. Senior consultant. We're sitting in the same room. This is very exciting. This is our second podcast we've recorded Mm -hmm. in a row. We had to turn off the fans because it was interfering and it's starting to get warm. So this might be a super fast podcast. Yes. But the SFD is important. It is. It (laughs) is. And if you skipped over the intro, go back to learn what that is. But the SFD, the first draft... What, what is that? Just Can you okay. unpack what this is? Yeah. Well, last time we talked about the story I'm telling myself. Yes. The episode uh, maybe was the week before. There's a link in the show notes if you missed it. Yes. It's important to listen to. Yes. So the story I'm telling myself is just a practice that we can get into that can really help us in the moment. The shitty first draft is for after something hard, there's a difficult fall, something didn't go the way you thought, and it's a way to go back back and understand what happened. So this is like a conflict you've had with a coworker or a conversation on the phone with someone that didn't go how you planned right. it to go. Okay. Or even if it's how you planned it to go, but you can't shake it. Uh, like I, yes, there was a yes. job that I left and I'm glad I left uh, the job, but I couldn't shake it. It felt like a fall yes, to me, yes. even though it was my choice. Right. So this is a way to kind of make sense of that. To then do what? To analyze, to right, see how you could do it differently. analyze it, to understand it. And the thing is, is that we all have our version of the story. And so this, the SFD is supposed to be your version. Right. It's it's supposed to be yours. You write it down as you think it happened. However with, crazy. Right. And without wondering if, what if somebody reads this? What if uh, somebody else were to see this? Sometimes we tell a story and we try to like sum it all up and pretty put a pretty bow on it. Right. Rip that bow off. and just right. So this is where you're the hero. Everyone else was wrong. You did nothing wrong in this situation. Everyone else was the the evil villains. Yes. And you were the victorious, maybe not victorious, but you were the good guy in the situation. Oftentimes, oftentimes, or... Uh, were the victims in it or there sure. were, were the heroes. So like in my so situation... Why, why do you do it? Why? 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 why would you do this? It sounds painful. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like that text or email that you write in, in fury, rage that hopefully never gets sent. Yes, yes. You do it because there's so much learning that can come from it. Oh, okay. And so um, 
So for instance, in the, the situation that I referred to when I was leaving a job, I kind of saw myself as the hero in that. I left with my head held high. I left before people really wanted me to leave. I left kind of being a hero in that situation. But there was a lot of resentment boiling up inside of me. <laughs> and so I sat down and I just started writing. And, you know, things came out like people only cared about me if I was doing things for them. People don't really care about me. They only care about what I did for them. I had a lot of the responsibility, but very little authority. People really like whatever. So the goal is to just write it down. It doesn't have to be 10 pages. It can be 10 sentences. It can be, it's, it can be short. It doesn't have to be exhaustive. It's be a whole big manif- Jerry Maguire manifesto. Right, right, right. But then once you get it written, you go back and the first step is to look at the facts and the assumptions in the story. Um, I've done this myself. I've done this with honestly hundreds of people. And in every SFD, there are always less facts than there are assumptions. Of course. And so just that first step to recognize that we're working off a lot of assumptions, a lot of assumptions, even in things that are, that feel so true. And that's what we start to discover in that first step is that there's a lot of confabulations. There's lots of... What's, whoa, that's a big word. That's a lot of... Yep. That's a lie told truthfully. A lie you told truthfully. Okay. believe it with your whole heart. Oh. But there's, it's very few facts that it's mm-hmm. based upon. I did this recently uh, with my wife. We had a disagreement about something. And so like I was in the car waiting for her. And I was frantically typing into the notes app all the reasons that she was wrong and I was right. And then one of the kids needed something. And so I paused and I came back and I just happened to glance like one of the sentences I'd written earlier. I was like, oh gosh, this is, (laughs) this is all assumption. This is just crazy, emotional. I'm hungry. And of course I deleted it and we had a lovely evening and it wasn't like, it was just like a Whatever, but yeah. there's a lot of confabulations in that. Right, right, Yeah. exactly. And then the second step is, um, what more do I need to know or understand about the other people in this story? Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes when we're trying to understand a fall or a failure or disappointment, whatever, we're seeing it from our limited viewpoint. Right. And so that second question, I've had people say, well, sometimes the person that they are in struggle with or that story's about maybe they're one, not safe to go back and talk to, or they don't feel psychologically safe to go back and talk to them. Or maybe that person isn't living anymore. Um, Or maybe you're not ready to talk to that person. (laughs) Um, It doesn't really matter. What matters is, is that just by asking that question, it takes the microscope and it broadens the lens. And all of a sudden you can't see it from just your perspective. You have to broaden it out. So when I did this about my situation, I was all, all, all of a sudden like, oh, I wonder what he was really thinking. Yeah. Oh, I wonder, huh. And, and it just broadened the story for me. It goes back to the idea of curiosity that we talked mm-hmm. about last time, right? The story we're telling ourselves. Huh. Right. So in um, my freshman writing class 24 years ago, we didn't call it this, but there's something about like whenever you're starting a writing project, you just got to write. But then with that, you revise, you revise, you revise, you revise a million times until it's ready to turn in. Is this similar where at some point are you quote unquote turning in 
a polished draft to the to the person that you had the fall with that you had the disagreement with to the boss the supervisee someone like what do you Mm. is this all for yourself like where is this going yes this is all for yourself (laughs) okay it may help those relationships but Mm. see there's a third step okay see i'm just i like to just jump to the very yeah very end i just have the the answer the first step is what are the facts and the assumptions yeah the second step is what more do i need to know about the other people in the story and this is usually where the conspiracies get um, figured out and a conspiracy is whenever there's two data points but you don't have enough data in between to really understand how the two data points are connected oh give me an example so um okay so this person rolled their eyes when i said hey do you want to go to lunch today and you assume it's about and me. you're like oh my gosh i can't believe right you know whatever yeah, yeah. um but when you circle back and ask the person, they're like, oh, I wish I could go to lunch today. It's the third time I have to cover for everybody. Right. You know, like, right. oh, okay. So there's it's missing data. Me. There's yeah. missing data. Right. So you come up with a conspiracy that this person right. doesn't like you. So there's an example. Mm-hmm. So hmm. first step, what are the facts and assumptions? Second step, what more do I need to learn and understand about the other people in the story? Third step. This is the hard step. <laughs> oh, here we go. Buckle up. This is what more do I need to understand and learn about myself? Oh, wait a minute. So are you suggesting that there might be an issue that we have to deal with in ourselves and it's not just the other person's fault always? Yes. Threats. Yes. Okay. And this is the one I think that really takes the most courage to do, um, but it's where the best fruit comes from. Sure. And so in my situation where I left a job, what I discovered in that was um, I kept letting everybody else determine my value at that Mm. place rather than understanding the value that I brought to that place. And when I recognized that, it made me sick to my stomach (laughs) because what I was doing was using everybody around me to make me feel good about myself. And what would my leadership have been like if I knew the value I brought right, rather than waiting to be affirmed. Right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, being generative versus degenerative and we're supposed to be generative in all of these situations. And if we don't spend time thinking through these things and writing these drafts, then it's, we can kind of get stuck. I think, I think this also yeah. is a great way to pause, right. Mm-hmm. To sort of stop the freight train of, I don't know, out of control thoughts and emotions not to keep doing it, but there's a great quote from Ted Lasso. And one of the characters is like, I can't control how I feel. What is he? I can't control my feelings. And then Ted's like, then by all means, let them control you. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you know, so in some ways that person was doing this as they were stopping, they were creating a draft. And then this is the Diamond Dogs episode. They all sort of like took turns, like re-editing it. And there's, oh, there's this perspective and this perspective and all that. Yeah. Is this a tool that you think more manager type leaders could utilize yes yeah yes how so well it's i think it's anybody can utilize sure but it's it's human nature to make up these stories Um, and when we don't take the time to understand them again we operate out of them Mm -hmm. and the more of these sfds that you do and when i'm working with people i love it doesn't really matter if they talk about personal or professional because the professional 
SFDs that we're right. writing echo <laughs> our personal SFDs. Oh, yeah. And they usually are around, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, right. I'm disappointing, I'm responsible. That that was one of the ones that the more of these that I did, the more I thought, I realized how I thought I was responsible for everything and everyone. Yeah. And it's helped me understand what is my role, what is my responsibility, mm -hmm. and to not over-function for everyone and yeah. everything. Yeah. So, so one of the Brene Brown quotes that I love around this work is she says that the goal is not to be the victim or the hero of our story, hmm. but the author of our story. Ooh, and I, like I think that. before I did this work, I kept responding to everything that was going on around me. And I would, I would try to be the hero of my own story, often felt like a victim. <laughs> hmm, yep. um, but man, it takes a lot of thought and courage hmm. to be the author of your story right. rather than just responding to everything that's happening around you. Right. Because whether you're the hero or the victim, you're still responding to the people around you. Right. It's much different to be the author. Mm-hmm. Say that a different way. Like, because I'm, because on one hand, like, I'm thinking of, so if you're the author, so you're just writing, it's like Harold and the Purple Crayon. Do you remember that story? It's like you're writing the story that the way you want it to be versus the way it actually is. Like, well, what do you? Prior to doing this work and understanding, um, you know, even understanding strengths and what I'm good at and what yeah. I love and what I enjoy, um, I kind of just let life kind of tell me what was next. It mm. was almost like I would take the path of least resistance. And if the job came along, great. So after doing this work, and it was about after doing the work about the job that I'd left, I was in a new job and um, some I had asked for a different position in that in that organization. And I was waiting on the results of that request. I was asked by another organization to come to them, but for less money. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the opportunity to start at another pit place okay. at part-time, but being paid a fair wage and having the opportunity to start my own business. Now, old Melissa would have taken the most practical hmm. path, which would have been the full-time position and um, then it was secure and I knew sure. instead of just being the character that got the, the job or whatever, yeah, yeah. I was like, man, what kind of life do I want? Yeah. What kind of job do I want? And I got to choose mm. my next path, my next step, sure. instead of just the path that was Letting laid out for yeah. me. So it's taking more ownership, authorship. It's like writing the story instead of just yes. reading the story. Yeah. Yes. Huh. And then there's nobody to blame. Right. But yourself, which mm -hmm. I think that can be hard. Yes. <laughs> that can be hard too. You know, it's, it's interesting just kind of anecdotally talking to friends and family members and even hearing, you know, about clients in, in this time that we've been in here with, with COVID and how, you know, so many people have been a little lost even in jobs that they like or whatever, because all of the normal things that they... Um, they rely on for affirmation or for some sort of sign that I'm doing a good job, I'm valued, are mm -hmm. not there, mm -hmm. right? There's, they're not present. And so looking for different ways to do that has been hard. But I wonder if this idea of the SFD, so those things aren't necessarily false, but it's like, well, this is kind of a hard time. So what's going yeah. on? 
And then what's the story you're telling yourself about this hard time? Right, exactly. And what story do you want to be telling yourself? I mean, I think about yeah. how many parents out there are, you know, the story of homeschooling their kids, having nowhere to take them, you know, no after school programs, whatever, kind of at the height of the pandemic. And we just resign ourselves to that story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you do need to do an SFD for that, but then say, okay, what are the facts? What were they facts and assumptions? Yep. What are the confabulations and conspiracies? And what is all that? Right. And rewrite that and not to just create this world that doesn't exist, but right. to really like, I think, get out more than you maybe could by yeah. turning, you know, I am the author of this story. This story right. is not over yet. So how right. do I, you know, I, I think this, this whole process, and we've done a few episodes lately about, you know, some of this unseen work of self-reflection and looking inward and it's kind of sucks. It's hard if there's not a lot of visible, like <laughs> rewards for doing yeah. that. But I think sometimes when you maybe bump up to a, you know, a really hard thing in life, all of that little work pays off. Yeah. Um, Well, and it's it's interesting too, because so two things, one, when the pandemic hit, my SFD was, it was my fault. And it was my fault because it was because, (laughs) yeah, here's why, (laughs) because I was counting my chickens before they hatched. I was going through my calendar and I was set to have the best year I ever had. And it is your fault. And it's I was fault. going through and counting and it did go through my head. It's and it's a crazy thing. But this is this is how those SFDs happen. And and yeah. then I was able to even recognize it. Melissa, this is not your fault. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. And and then how do I be the author of my story in this mm-hmm. moment? Then right. how do I be the author of my story in the midst of a pandemic? Right. Um, right. How do I author this? What what are my values? Yes. What guides me? Yes. What's what's important? What's what do I need yep. to focus on? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I I've been working with a director, and when we first started working together, he he described leadership as being on a boat and just getting whipped in all different kinds mm. of directions. I started working with him about two years ago, and I hadn't seen him much over the last like three or four months, mm. and so I reached out to him, and we got together, and there's just. It's like he has a ballard, like huh. there's, that's something that's holding him steady. Huh. And he's not believing the stories anymore that he has no control over his life and that mm. he has to just take what's that's given cool. to him. And and so that's the beauty of the SFD yeah. is what can you learn and how do you show up differently? Well, Melissa, thank you so much. Uh, this is fun. I feel like I have a couple SFDs to go write about various things in my life mm-hmm. um you maybe the maybe the last thought will be that you know you're talking about like personal and professional it's all kind of the same mm-hmm. and it's really true i think sometimes we try to focus you know on the podcast about like you know the professional application when you're wearing your suit in the boardroom or whatever mm-hmm. you know you think of for that but it's it's all the same like it's, it's all, all like who same. we are at work is the same at home, like mm-hmm. our insecurities, our strengths, it, it shows up differently. Yeah. But a lot of this is, is the same. So I was just working with, um, a group of nurses right before I came up here. Oh. And, um, I said to them, you know, pick a, pick an area that you want to work on, whether it's personal or yeah. professional. In fact, why don't you pick one personal, one professional? And, um, this woman shared, she goes, well, it was easier for me to think of a personal than it was a professional. And my personal thing she said, where I'm wanting to be braver is um, I don't want to care so much what my kids think about me. I'm their parent mm. and I, I want to be a good parent. She goes, but 
that's what I'm struggling with at work. I want to be a good nurse and I want to yeah. not be so controlled about what everybody thinks of me. And mm -hmm. it, I just thought it was beautiful that yeah. she was, she couldn't get to the professional until she looked at the personal right. and that gave her insight. Yeah. There might need to be an order to those things for mm -hmm. sure to see, you know, to see one through the other or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah. So start with one Start with and one. it'll get you to the other. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Melissa. Always fun to chat. Mm -hmm. And thank you listeners for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture. For more resources about developing your strengths, the strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you'd like help writing your SFD or working with a team or going deeper with your strengths, please send us an email to connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. I'm Nathan Freeberg. I'm Melissa Hyatt. And on behalf of our entire team, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.